Mike check, one, two, one, two. Live and direct once again with my co-host, Kevin Hansen. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, you know I'm surviving. I'm ready for this one. We Back with another question. We got a heater of the Q&A episode here, right? Yeah. Let's jump into it. What's the first question? Okay, we're going to start it off. Um, first question we have is about injuries. Um, what do you do in terms of injury prevention uh, to prevent catastrophic injuries or even wear and tear type injuries like lower back pain or sprained ankles all the time and you would tape them into a cast? What, what do you do to, yeah. to prevent so that? There's we, We've touched on this before. There's nothing you can do to prevent an injury, right? We can't stop. You know, if you're, let's, let's talk football, if the 300-pound guy rolls up on your leg, something's going to give. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't, uh, you can't avoid that. Um, what we can do is mitigate injury. Um, I guess let's, we'll, we'll get the low-hanging fruit first. Catastrophic injury is unavoidable. It's catastrophic, and it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if you're well-trained and in good shape, then maybe it's less catastrophic, but catastrophic is sort of, I mean, we're just talking the lesser of two evils, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it sucks, but... That's just the reality of sport. Are you going to hide in your basement your whole life because you're afraid that you know you're going to snap your leg in half at some point? Yeah, it's probably going to happen. You know what I mean? You're going <laughs> to you're going to get hurt. Play a sport where you run into people for for fun, and you're going to get hurt. <laughs> um, the stuff like uh, like sprained ankles or or like we see the Achilles tear epidemic or ACL injuries. Um, there there's a lot we can do to mitigate that and to uh, to lessen the likelihood of it happening. Um, some some basic lifestyle stuff we could do like stop wearing flip flops um, because those are just cancerous for your feet which I've talked ad nauseum about um, making sure that you're training the posterior chain properly getting into the hamstrings the the glutes and the lower back you know things like reverse hypers uh, glute ham raises good mornings um, just anything to hit that posterior chain box squats obviously um, and we, we do body tempering in our gym, which I consider strength preparation is what we call that basically preparing to be strong, but it also has, uh, some injury mitigation side effects, I guess you could say some mobility side effects as well. They're, they're unintended consequences cause we just want to get stronger with it. Um, but if these things happen, then it's just like a happy accident that it does. Right. So, yeah. um, what do we do to, to mitigate injury? I guess we train in good positions. We try to train optimally, never minimally, never maximally, always optimally. Um, we make sure we're taking care of our body tempering and our mobility work. And uh, when they do happen, because they're unavoidable, we, we deal with it. Yeah. You know, we adjust and we move forward. Perfect, perfect. Uh, that was a good answer to that one. I guess I would say is like, so you wouldn't suggest like, you know, some, I feel like some places are like, well, what we do is we get in a weird, awkward position and get strong in that weird, awkward position. I see some things like that. Like maybe it would be like, hey, doing a piston squat with like your ankle, like, flexed all like the they, way they want the wrong way and like, like they want to train in bad position to be strong in a bad position yeah kind of thing yeah yeah that's kind of you're you're not really seeing the forest through the trees though you know what i mean you're yeah. yes you're going to be in bad position in sport there's no way to avoid that um i kind of see it as you know especially like we talk about it with the spine but we could extrapolate it to the whole body in terms of you know you're going to be in these compromised positions um, but do we need to burn through those cycles because you have X number of cycles in that position before something bad happens? Do we want to burn through those in the gym? Uh, my answer is always no. I think let's get as strong as we can in good position. Let's understand what good position is, how to execute it, how to get strong enough to maintain it under load. Yeah. Um, and when we have, you know, as close to full capacity as we can get from, you know, my scope, the strength coach scope. Um, when we have as close to that full capacity as we can get and we're strong in those good positions, we're more strong 
in the bad positions. Okay. Okay. We might not be as strong as if we would have trained in that bad position, but we also might not be at that point because we might have trained ourselves right out of a job. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. If you're if you're training in that bad position, so I think having capacity and having competency in good position. Um, well, let's, let me phrase it like this: having capacity in good position. No, let me rephrase. <laughs> <laughs> rephrase. Rephrase. <laughs> rephrase the rephrase. <laughs> Having competency in good position and capacity for as ma- as many positions as possible okay, okay, is the you. best way to address that. Okay, okay, I like that. That was a nightmare for a dyslexic <laughs> <body>. <laughs> right? I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Murphy. So I guess we'll stay because you were talking about the posterior chain. Let's talk about your favorite squat bar. So, I mean, you use the bar um, a lot differently than I would say some trainers would use. So you don't just use a straight bar. No. Only. Yeah. Like you do use it. Never. Not Never? for athletes. Okay. Not. When I was, for powerlifters, yes. Yes. Because that's what the sport revolves around is the straight bar. Yeah. Um, but, like, for me in my powerlifting career, I didn't touch the straight bar until I was four weeks out of a contest. Okay, okay. Unless we, you know, if if we wanted to do, like, a ton of band and have a competition, you know, the straight bar was kind of the, the go-to because everybody, that was the level playing field. Yeah. You know, like, we all knew what bars we liked and what bars everyone else sucked at, so, like... If I wanted to beat Alex, I would put my finger in his face. I'd challenge him to a camber bar squat contest. You know what I mean? Yes. And he's, he's going to accept that challenge because he's not a punk, you know, and he wants to prove he's stronger than me, even though he never was and he never will be. Um, so, you know, we do that. But, like, I know I'm going to beat him in the camber bar, and he knows he'd beat me in a safety bar contest, you know, when we were both in our prime. Um, but with that straight bar, it's kind of the level playing field. You know, yeah. we all know how to squat with a straight bar, so – all right, let's let's see who's really about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for my athletes, never, never a straight bar. Just not worth the uh, the toll it takes on the shoulders, on the scapula. Um, it, I substitute straight bar for duffalo bar for okay. athletes, yeah. right? Um, so I guess if we're talking training athletes, I don't have a favorite bar because I'll use them all. Yeah. And I think they all have their place. I have a favorite bar for each athlete. Okay. And it's always the bar they complain the most about. <laughs> so my favorite bar for Wes and Ty is the safety bar. Because they never stop bitching about it. <laughs> right? And that's so, guess what they live in? Right. You know, the safety bar. Wes is never going to see the camber bar in his life because that puts out all the weight in your hips. And his hips are strong. It's not the problem. You know? <laughs> He's flying that bar to the roof. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but for me, when I was powerlifting, like I said, the camber bar, I, if, if I wanted to just wipe the floor with someone, it was a camber bar squat challenge because... For me, I was a fairly upright squatter and a very wide stand squatter, um, and I could really, I was just a, an idiot savant with gear, like I was the rain man of powerlifting gear, Yeah. and I could really sit back in the briefs and get a good pop, and when the weight was down in my hips, it just felt natural, you know, it just was right in the groove, Yeah. but anytime you pitch the weight out in front of me like a safety bar, now I'm fucking lost in space, <laughs> you know, like I think my best, well I know my best safety bar ever was 725. And I thought I snapped my T-spine in half after I did it. I was so fucking rounded and purple and just laid, that bar. laid on the ground and died. It was the worst day of my life. Okay, so, I mean, I guess my other question would be, um, what do you tend to start your athletes with with that bar? Because, I mean, if you're going to come into the gym and you're going to be, let's say you get to that level two and yeah. you start squatting, yeah. Like, what, what do you start them with bar-wise? Do you go straight bar right away, which you never use, so would it be duffalo bar right away? Yeah, so the the thing is, we got to backtrack a bit and really, like, 
we're talking someone starting level two, yeah. but there's a whole lot of prerequisites to this that are happening level one. Yeah. Right. So level one, they never touched a barbell, but they did goblet squats until they hated me, you know, until they would yell at me to stop making them do goblet squats. Um, the thing about the squat, generally speaking, the, the patterning is the same, no matter where I put the load. I want to see the same movement through the body. Gotcha. Um, a, a little bit, there's a variance from the front squat to the back squat. The overhead squat doesn't look exactly like a back squat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the idea is the same. It's still a squat. So it shouldn't matter where I put the load on a level two. They should be able to stay in good position and squat efficiently. Okay. Um, the thing is with level two, I'm not putting a lot of load. I'm just putting that minimal amount of load. Usually, I mean, always when they're just starting out, just the bar. Um, but for every level two, they never go over a plate aside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's 95 to 135 pounds. Maybe like, you know, Mason's a beast. So I'll let him go 185 or maybe deadlift 225, but that's about it. Um, but so when they do get to that level two, um, I'm kind of, it, it depends on the athlete I'm working with. Yeah. Generally I'd start them with a straight bar in the bench, a duffalo bar in the squat, and always a trap bar, and the deadlift is easy to teach a trap bar. Yes. We even start trap bar stuff in level one because it's so so simple to yeah. teach and such an easy pattern to get down. <clears throat> um, but if it's, a, if it's a super competent athlete like Gavin, um, he just jumps in with whatever bar, you know, like Blaine is using, who's an older level two who's like on the verge of level three, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so... He could, it could be the cambered bar one day and the safety bar the next day. And I really just want to throw a ton of different stuff at Gavin, you know, because he's at this, if there is a higher level within levels, he's more of an advanced level two. Okay. Just because he's a genetically superior athlete to most people. You okay, know what okay. I mean? Um, so he kind of just gets whatever bar we have going at the time. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I start him with a duffalo bar and a squat for, for okay. new level twos. Gotcha. New level twos, you're going to go duffalo bar. Okay, um, I guess I would say, what was the bar you would stay away from the most with a, with an early level two? I wouldn't stay away from any bar. Yeah. Um, no, I'd, I'd make them do every single bar. There's no, there's no, no, hollow ground type of thing. Yeah, no, no, they, you've got to be strong everywhere, right? That's like, you can't go step on the football field and say, you know, I don't, you can't rush me from my left because I don't like that's to run my, to the right. right. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. that's not how it works. Got you. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I guess we're gonna get into a one here. I'm gonna. We have a little more time than I thought we would have, so we're gonna go top three things every athlete should do. Three things. Three things out of nowhere. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's do it live. Three things an athlete should do. Yes. Every athlete should do three things. Top three. To improve performance? Yes, to be the best athlete they could possibly be so that they can be the best quarterback, linebacker, wide <laughs> receiver. Three things you could pitcher. do as soon as this podcast ends. You yes. could get more sleep, consume more calories, and drag a sled. Okay, okay, okay. I like Simple it. Simple as that. Uh, let's get into that a little bit more. So, drag a sled. Why drag a sled? And dra Yeah, drag a sled. And this is the only place I'm really qualified to talk in like the sleep more eat more is something i know you need to do but i'm yeah. not a professional in that area i'm not a nutritionist specialist i'm not you know a medical doctor who can talk about sleep uh, but i am a strength coach so you need to pull a sled to raise your your general physical preparedness your work capacity right that's your ability to sustain work uh, and your ability to recover from work uh, and that's just it's, it's something that we have to 
you know, the generation before us, they would have labor-intensive jobs when they were growing up, when they were in their mid to late teens. Yeah. They'd work on the farm or construction or something, right? It was labor-intensive. That's what the economy kind of thrived on. And then our generation came along, and now, like, the jobs we had growing up, you know, we were delivering pizzas or we were working at Superstore or Canadian Tire or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So not super labor-intensive jobs, so we got lazy. So essentially what we do with the sled work is just kind of create work. Okay. Right, this artificial work for the body, um, just to kind of get us back to our to our roots. Okay. You know what I mean? Back to our ancestral kind of roots. Um, so we just generate this artificial work to, to increase your work capacity. And I think a sled is the best way to do that because it's cheap. Yep. Uh, it's something you can keep at the front door and then just pull out and take down the sidewalk, you know, walk around the neighborhood with it. You can't get hurt with it. There's no real bad position and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be have more weight on the sled than you can pull. Yes, right, so it's exactly. not going to be something you overload. Um, so yeah, I think the sled is the most important part of the gym. And like I said in a post at one point, uh, someone asked me what's the most important uh, piece of equipment in the gym, and I said if the whole gym burned down, I would go buy a sled and I'd start over. Yeah, you know. So I think the sled is the key. Just pull it somewhere. Don't even ask me how. Just go. <laughs> Just go. Just stop it. thinking. Just be weird and you know? go crazy with it because you're not going to do anything crazy. Okay, so. The through top three things an athlete should never do. Never ever. Never ever. Even if there's a fire. Even if there's a fire. There's nothing that you should never ever ever do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I like this. Okay. This is gonna. That's gonna take a lot of qualifying. <laughs> there's there's things that we avoid yeah. in training our athletes. So we avoid trunk exercises that take the spine through flexion extension cycles under load. Okay. Um, we. As athletes, we avoid double Big Macs with bacon. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, there, there's things that we should avoid, but you can't ever qualify something and say that's bad unequivocally. That's bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just not that simple. As much as I dislike the sit up because of what it does to the spine, I'm sure there's a sport where it translates to where doing a sit up isn't a bad thing. In terms of developing for that sport, it is in terms yeah. of your spine health. You know? <laughs> but I'm a guy that you know pushed his body to the limit to squat 900 pounds. So who am I to talk about health yeah. and safety? Um, to be fair, you got to do what you got to do to succeed yeah. in your if sport. You, if you've got goals, then if you've decided that's your worth your best effort, then that's what it is. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, there's 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 nothing you should avoid completely. It's just finding what works for you. You know what I mean? I guess I should rephrase that. There's definitely stuff you should avoid. There's just not one thing that everyone should avoid. Yes. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I should avoid long-distance running because I'm really <laughs> bad at it and it kills me. Gotcha. <laughs> you right. know, I just wasn't built for that shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but to, to just have this sweeping generalization that every athlete needs to avoid X is, is a really black and white way of thinking it's something that has a massive gray area. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. I like that answer. We're going to get a little deeper. So I'm going to say, how about three things for football players to avoid? Just to avoid. Like maybe don't... Uh, don't wear flip-flops. There you oh, go, we right? We that already, didn't <laughs> that, we? That's good because, number one, a lot of the a lot of football players, I mean, I've played for a long time, a lot of guys are transitioning from place to place. They just need to throw on quick pair of shoes to get here and there and here and there. I don't give a fuck. Right? Put on some shoes or go barefoot. <laughs> don't put on fucking flip-flops, you lazy motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> Do you like your Achilles? 
Do you like your ACL? Put on some fucking shoes or go barefoot. You don't. The only time flip flops are acceptable is when you have to get in that nasty team shower after a practice or a game. And yeah. You don't want to get put that fungus, fungus on your foot. Like, <laughs> all right, put some flip flops on and go in the shower. Yeah. Right. But just like stop. It's such an avoidable thing, and I'm not even going to entertain you with talking about why you shouldn't, because I've talked at nauseum about it. You can just check my Instagram page. I'm sure it's all over the place, why you shouldn't wear flip-flops. I'm sure there's a video on my IGTV about it. Um, two other things all football players should avoid. It's tough. You put me on the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you avoid online training. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Here's another one. That's a fucking ripoff. Oh, there's so many people on my Instagram that do online training. <laughs> <laughs> you you got you you really want to train with that person, but he lives so far away. Though. I mean, go ahead and do it. And if you want to spend your money on it, go ahead. Just stop bothering me about it. <laughs> What's well, one one other thing that every football player should avoid? Can I? It's going to be a double negative. Okay. Avoid not training at my gym. Ah, that, there we go. I like does that. Does that bring it back around? <laughs> bring it, bring it back they cancel each other out? Come train at the Gorilla Compound. Yeah, there we That's go. what I'm telling you. I like that. Okay, how about, this is a really good one because hockey players uh, tend to do things that are counterproductive but are productive in a different sense, but it's weird. How about hockey players? Top three things they should avoid. I think all hockey players could benefit from not playing hockey so much. I think they could all just get the fuck off the ice for a minute. Yeah. And just, like, do sprints. Like, run how humans are supposed to run. You know what I mean? Do some squats. Do. There's nothing, in my opinion, less natural in sport than skating on ice. Like, we just weren't meant to do it. <laughs> right. And it blows my mind when hockey players, or their parents are like, Oh, my son or my daughter pulled their groin, and it's so weird. They keep doing it, and I'm like, because we're not fucking meant to push out to go forward. That's yeah. not what the body was designed to do. Like, if you want to do it, that's cool, man. All, all the power to you. But, yeah, you're going to pull your groin. <laughs> of course it's, you are. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not, interesting. It's not a complicated thing to, consi- to, to figure out, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, what are other things they could avoid? I don't know. A lot of them chew tobacco. That's stupid. Any go. tobacco, anything is fucking stupid. It's 2018. Like, the jury is not out on tobacco. <laughs> we know it's bad for you. Smoking, chewing, it's bad for you. Stop doing that. Um, is there a third thing I'm supposed to be touching on that I'm not thinking of? Mullets. Mullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, the one I wanted to get to was number one, get off the ice for a little bit. I feel like. It, it uh, the amount of people that I've dealt with in the little capacity that I've helped uh, athletes um, train is that as soon as them on ice are a completely different human being than them on it's ground. Crazy. Yeah, like literally they'll play like an adult on the ice, but as soon as as soon as you move them onto the dry ground, they're like stumbling and falling, and they can't stand up, and like they look yeah. like. Babies have underdeveloped legs, hamstring, quads. That's like, what I said to Rob because we he brought in um, the what's the league called? Midget fifteen AAA. So yeah. there's like there's midget and then there's a midget league for fifteen year olds only. Yeah. So it's that league. Um, so anyway, we have the midget uh, the M fifteen AAA team from Spruce Grove training at the Gorilla Compound. Um, 
And so I go watch their game, and these kids look like they're unbelievable oh, hockey players. Unbelievable. I can't comprehend the shit that they're like. I can't imagine myself on skates doing that. This is this is the highest level a 15-year-old can play at in Canada. Yeah. Right? And then I get them in the gym, and they can't do a fucking somersault. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You're 15. Yeah. You can't do a somersault? But you can... He can think of the most immaculate play like, yeah, and like he do can that. fucking spin around and put a stick between his <laughs> legs and shoot the puck fucking... over the goalie's shoulder. Yeah. And fuck, like, what the fuck, dude? I'd like, they'll get into like a perfect pistol squat in their skate, but like can't do a pistol squat on dry land. Yeah. You know it's I mean? remarkable. <laughs> it's the, the damage that it does. And then watching come to my gym and I don't have to tell you who is what sport, you'll pick out the hockey players by the warm up. You know, the guys whose ankles are on complete lockdown. You know what I mean? They have almost no upper body strength because all they're doing is pushing with their legs. There's no type of upper body development in yeah. the sport. Um, and they're just kind of lanky and awkward, physically awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're not, you're not developing human motor patterns in hockey. No. Because it's a foreign thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, not like, it's not like dance or, or gymnastics where... These are just basic human movements that you're expressing and developing. Yeah. You're learning to push out to go forward, which goes against millions of years of adaptation, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, hockey hockey's a weird one. Mullets is a good third one. <laughs> okay, how about, uh, how about baseball? I feel like baseball's a weird one that you, you see a little bit of, and not a lot of people who are outside of baseball would even think, like, other than be like, don't pitch a thousand pitches in a game type of thing. Like, yeah, that's the big thing with baseball is just like hockey, like just stop playing your sport for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, I'm sure football would be the same way if you could play football year round in Canada, but you can't because of the weather. Um, but yeah, just stop playing baseball for a second. Yeah. Like, let's get stronger, you know? Um, I th I'm not as experienced in baseball though, honestly. Like yeah. I've, I've had a few baseball players, so come up with three, I don't know. I don't know baseball culture gotcha. that well. But I just think they should all be training in my gym. Because that's, that's the one thing you're not doing that you should be doing. <laughs> Becoming the best athlete you can possibly be. Possibly be. That uh, makes sense. But I, I like that. It's really just don't pitch in like 30 leagues at the same time. And destroy your pitch count and destroy your shoulder and your yeah, elbow. Yeah, it's sort of, we're going to circle around back to the last episode with this. Because you're, you know, what should baseball players avoid? What should football players and hockey players avoid? It's all the same shit. Yeah. You know, you should all probably avoid the same shit. You should probably all be doing the same shit. Yeah. You should sleep more, eat more, pull a fucking sled, you know, don't chew tobacco, don't play your sport year round, and don't have a fucking mullet. <laughs> These are all life <laughs> lessons you should know. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> so there's, there's this kid. This, Rob had this team come in. I won't say who or what or where. They only did one session, and then they went somewhere else. Um, but this kid had a mullet. And these are like 10-year-old kids. <laughs> his mom, they're like, they have the whole entranceway blocked off, so she couldn't get through to fill up his water bottle for him. So I took it, and I went and filled it. I brought it back. There's no music or anything in the gym. It's just nice and quiet, and these kids are laughing and having fun. And then I hand her the water bottle. She says, thank you. And then just on cue, YG drops in the background, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> to this kid's mom. Ultra conservative. Just like, she looked like she wanted to speak to my manager <laughs> at that moment. You know what I mean? Like, 
This is a weird place. I'd be, you know what the funniest part about it is? If that's the reason they didn't come, like, we'll be worst <laughs> athletes, but Donald Trump is amazing. <laughs> stand by it. Fucking like, stand by you what know? you believe in at the expense you know, of everything. Uh, I could have all the been, gun, die by the gun. I could have all been avoided if that kid didn't have a mullet. <laughs> wouldn't have felt weird about the situation. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I guess uh, this probably gets down to the point where we talk about a little bit about. Those are the questions. It's hip hop time. It's hip hop time. I'm excited. I got a good one. You go first. Okay, me. You want to start me off? Do you Shoot. Want, you want me to go? Go first. Oh man, Black Thought dropped Streams of Thought Volume Two. Now let me tell you something. Streams of Thought Volume One. Is my favorite album of 2017. Streams of Thought Volume 2 is even better than Volume 1. And the motherfucker came out in 2017. I don't know how Black Thought does this shit. <laughs> I, I really, it blows my mind, you know? And that's why he's in my top five DOA. You know, everyone gave me flack when I put him and Sean Price up there. Yeah. And not Biggie and Pac. And I'm like, listen, Biggie and Pac's in everyone's top five. Yeah. You know, let's not do a top five just to, so we can all agree on shit. Let's spark conversation. <laughs> right. But like, how can you go listen to Streams of Thought Volume 2 and tell me how you can't have Black Thought in your top five? Yeah. For whatever reason, he did the album under the name Salam Remy. I don't know if that's, there's other albums under that name and I don't know if that's him as well. Yeah. Um, but if you're searching for it, you might have to search Salam Remy and not Black Thought. Um, but the album is fucking like 13 songs front to back, impeccable flow, incredible production. One of the best hip hop albums I've ever heard. Okay. Dope. There we go. Wow. That's actually a huge endorsement. That's crazy. That's, yeah, yo, go <laughs> check out Streams of Thought Volume 2. Okay. There we go. I heard it here first. Okay. I'm coming in with a book this time. I'm coming All in right. with a book. I got Audible. Um, I'm going with Verbal Judo. I got the updated edition of that. It is uh, made by an English professor, um, at George J. Thompson, PhD. Uh, he uh, went to uh, university for, became an English teacher, was an English teacher for a while. At 30 years old, he became a police officer. Yeah. Uh, and um, figured out that uh, the way he was being a police officer didn't really work, and he wanted to get better at. Um, communicating with people because if you can't have an altercation every single time you are dealing with a person you cannot have <laughs> altercation every single time people are going to ask you why you want their ID once in a while that does not mean you can take their lives so it, it's a very crazy cool book and the crazy part is he actually was supposed to teach uh, the officers who beat Rodney King the week after they beat him. Oh. <laughs> he, oh. And he 100% stands by that they wouldn't have never happened. It would have never happened if he would have, if they would have took the course before. I did this guy's course. You have? I don't really? know if it was the author, but I did a verbal judo of course. course. The, yeah. try, the try offered it. 100% probably by First year when I was personal trainer quotation marks yeah i hate being called that but yeah we i did that course it was cool i used some of it when i was bouncing yeah you it helps you do it i i didn't realize that i was using some of these <clears throat> techniques because i'm very good at kind of diffusing situations yeah when i when i, I, think, I, you're, I think you're scared to fight but yeah, <laughs> yeah i 100 don't want to swing like i've never done it before <laughs> like so i'm good at talking myself out of those scenarios <laughs> but like i also really am not a fighter so 
to be honest. That's fine. I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is absolutely remarkable um, how he kind of breaks these little things down and like these little disarming tactics here and these things. And it is well worth the read if you are any person who is working in any type of work, having trouble communicating with maybe your boss, your coworkers, your employees, your athletes, your athletes. This is a great thing so that number one, you can deal with those difficult athletes that you find difficult to communicate with, yeah. uh, as well as uh, to make you better communicating with the ones that you do even have a good relationship with. Maybe you can take that relationship a little bit farther and you can, you know, have a friend for life instead of just an athlete that you really enjoy having. Maybe even a best friend for life. Maybe even a BFF. <laughs> Maybe even a BFF. And if you learn one thing from tonight's podcast, let it be that. <laughs> Signing off. BFFs. BFFs. <laughs> This is brought to you by Head to Head Productions. We want to thank you guys for listening. You're the only reason we exist, so keep on liking and sharing.